0: you're listening to the feed this is the feed this is the feed the feed you're listening to the feed in markham in richmond hill you're listening to the feed in Vaughan. in
1: stoville in woodbridge in Unionville. This is The feed on 105.9 The Region. I'm Ann Romer with York Region's only news magazine show dedicated to the issues, events, and stories that matter to all of us who live and work here. Coming up, why the Salvation Army needs the support of Canadians now more than ever. And holiday shopping may be different this year, but retailers are ready. We begin, though, with the small business community. Many small businesses, in fact, are finding it really difficult, almost impossible, to stay alive after being hit with restriction after restriction after restriction. Joining us now on the feed with details on how the Ford government is planning to help small businesses survive this pandemic is Prabhmeet Sarkaria, Ontario's Associate Minister of Small Business and Red Tape Reduction, also MPP for Brampton South. Thanks for joining us on the show.
2: Well, thank you very much, uh, for having me, and an absolute pleasure, as always.
1: Well, let's talk about how difficult your job is right now, but also how difficult it is to keep the doors open when you're a small business in southern Ontario. What is your government prepared to do to help?
2: Well, this has been a significantly challenging time for so many of our small businesses uh, all across the province, and specifically when we're speaking to those uh, um, that have had additional measures uh, put in place now, uh, whether it's the Peel region, Toronto region, York region. Um, so, you know, we're seeing significant challenges, but, um, you know, we're really trying to make sure that we do as much as we can to support these businesses uh, throughout the, uh, this very difficult period. Um, for example, any of those businesses that have uh, come across additional restrictions, whether it was the initial 28-day uh, that. 28 days that uh, just passed us or those that continue like Toronto, York, and Peel Region, um, we've introduced a $300 million program uh, that launched just on Monday uh, with applications uh, being accepted now um, that rebate 100% of your energy costs and 100% of your property tax costs uh, to help with, uh, you know, for example, a a small restaurant that might be uh, in need of that support. Uh, on top of that, uh, you can also qualify for 90% of your rent, uh, uh, which can be paid by the federal government in their new rent subsidy program, which is also a tenant direct um, support, uh, which is a significant difference from the original program that we launched um, in April. So uh, we had a lot of businesses reach out to us with uh, um, suggestions on how to uh, revise that, and one of those suggestions was making it rent uh, tenant direct. So. Um, just in the recent uh, couple of weeks, we've put forward those two uh, uh, th- those two measures. Uh, on top of that, for businesses under ten employees, we've put forward a um, a grant uh, that can help them with uh, their PPE. And all of this, we've tried to make it as easy as possible for somebody to apply. So if you go on Ontario.ca, um, you know slash COVID supports or even slash Small Business, you will find an application that ties all of these into one. Uh, application portal to make it as easy as possible for all of our businesses and to get them the money in their hands as quick as possible.
1: You know, we're also heading into the big shopping season, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, holiday shopping leading up to uh, Christmas for some and, and other celebrations for others. How is a small business able to survive that kind of pressure. A lot of the big box stores are making great profits. Uh, They also do a great deal of their work online. How do you support a small business through something like this?
2: Well, there's, you know, one of the things that we uh, very early on in the pandemic realized was how um, the uptick in the online sales uh, for many stores, and we found that many of our retailers, uh, many of those who were in uh, with uh, a smaller brick and mortar uh didn't have a digital online presence, um, and we recognized very quickly that going over the next couple of weeks, months, um, and year, and and now as we see significant shifts in uh, patterns, purchasing patterns for many people, whether it's uh, it, w- it doesn't really depend on what generation. Now, uh, a lot of people adopted online shopping, so we put forward the digital Main Street program. It was one of the largest investments ever by our government to help businesses go digital. And it allowed businesses um, to open up online platforms. So it would give them the tools necessary, grant programs, um, expert advice, teaming up with students, whether it was needing to create a website, whether it was needing to, you know, uh, create a uh, an application that allowed you to deliver, allowed you to process shipping and receiving. Um, So we gave them the tools they needed to really get up on their feet, uh, and to start uh, a digital platform. Um, and these applications are still available at digitalmainstreet.ca, uh, and it's been a very successful program. We've seen significant businesses be able to um, use this and really change the way that they operate uh, and really survive through this pandemic, and uh, that's uh, that's the type of support that we really want to make sure we help our businesses with as they pivot uh, and as they are able to uh, increase uh, their marketplaces. Not just now in Ontario, but all across the world for that matter
1: you know you're a minister who doesn't hide behind your relief programs and your your options for small businesses to try to stay afloat you're right in there in the middle of it what are small business owners saying to you right now
2: well you know one of the things that i've really tried to do during this pandemic is continually have conversations with whether it's been um in business owners in the hospitality business owners in the manufacturing side. Um, this has been a significant uh, undertaking in terms of the entire government, whether it's been Premier Ford or the other ministers. Uh, but having those conversations and recognizing where the supports are needed the most, how are we going to get these businesses off their uh, up on their feet again, uh, those have been the conversations that we've been having, and many of that was reflected in the budget that we put forward uh, just last, uh, last week, actually, with Minister Phillips. Um, introducing some very exciting measures that will not just be temporary, but permanent moves, uh, such as reductions in energy costs of up to 14 to 16 percent for industrial commercial properties. Um, making sure that we decrease the property taxes, uh, um, for businesses operating all across, uh, Ontario, uh, significantly to put that money right back into the, the uh, business owners so they can continue to survive and they can continue to, to operate. So, you know, I think having those discussions, conversations, uh, and then forming our plans and formulating our ability to uh, really drive home, uh, you know, uh, uh, programs that really support and uh, help those businesses is critical with that communication and critical with those business owners. But you know, businesses are struggling, and, and we're really trying to do anything, everything we can to to really help them through this.
1: And so many of them have closed their doors for whatever reason, whether it was restrictions or just not able to continue to function. That's got to be tough uh, to hear those stories where hardworking men and women, families have put everything they have in the world into their business and they're not able to make a go of it.
2: It's, you know, I've, I've had these very difficult discussions and conversations with uh, business owners across the province, uh, uh, you know, we've tried to uh, do everything as the premier said. We, you know, we're sparing no expense in this fight against uh, the pandemic, whether it be on the health care side, whether it be on the uh, small business side, whether it's you know giving businesses money to to offset the cost of PPE, the smallest, the hardest-hit businesses, whether it's giving these businesses uh, uh, the money for for rent relief, whether it's working with our federal partners, whether it's um, you know giving businesses the ability to pivot to online and giving them grants, um, you know, working towards reducing their electricity costs, their fixed costs of property tax. Uh, you know, we've tried to put as much support as we can into the businesses, but more importantly, we're going to continue to work with our uh, businesses, our small business owners, and see whatever supports are needed to continue to help them um, uh, to keep their doors open. We will continue to do that with uh, all that we can here at the, uh, not just the legislature, but as uh, parliamentarians across the province and working with different levels of government uh, and also finding innovative and unique uh, solutions to to issues across the province as well.
1: Meets Sarkaria, Ontario's Associate Minister of Small Business and Red Tape Reduction, also MPP for Brampton South. Thank you for spending time with us on the feed.
2: Well, thank you very much, and Absolute pleasure. Oh, it was a great uh, privilege to be on the show with you. Thank you.
1: And we feel the same. Thank you. Doug
3: Putman has joined us next on the feed, and he's decided to launch a new tea chain in the former David's Tea locations. Thank you for joining us on the feed, Doug.
4: Thanks for having me.
3: Okay, so tell us a little bit about your background before we get into the David's Tea proposal.
4: Yeah, so I started in uh, the family business of uh, wholesaling and distribution of toys and, and board games and um, slowly started branching out and buying other companies, uh, one of the first being Sunrise Records in, in Canada and uh, and growing that to 84 stores in Canada when HMV uh, left the Canadian marketplace, you know, four or so years ago and And then since then, um, bought HMV in the U.K. and FYE in the the U.S. And, you know, obviously um, have done quite a bit in retail and and started looking to do more in retail.
3: And is your background, is your training in business? Did you go to business school, whether it was in college or university?
4: Uh, I went to Laurier for Business for one year, um, and it did not work out. So definitely uh, no formal training on that.
3: So no more formal training, but it still seems to be working out for you. Um, how successful have you been in terms of taking over HMV and turning it into Sunrise here in Canada?
4: Yeah, very. I mean, I think now we're on our fourth year. It's been really good. We've we've done very well. Our customers are happy. Their, the stores are profitable. So, oh, yeah, overall, um, the businesses have done really well. So we're, we're really happy with where we're at.
3: So earlier this year, we heard about David's Tea Locations shutting down across the country. What made you want to take on this new business venture, especially in the middle of a pandemic?
4: Yeah, I mean, I've always been interested in tea. Um, and so when I heard about it, I thought, you know, there could be an opportunity here. Um, and then we waited a little bit and heard they intended to, to kind of close most of their stores. Um, And so, that's when we said, okay, there there probably is a a great opportunity here. We started speaking to our partners, uh, both landlords and suppliers, and um, started betting on and seeing, you know, can we make this uh, a long-term successful business? And and the answer was yes. And, you know, as far as the pandemic, yeah, it's, it's not the ideal time. There's no doubt. But... You know, I think ultimately you're presented with some opportunities and sometimes not everything is perfect about them. Uh, And you just have to make a decision if you believe that long-term it's the the right decision or not. And certainly for Tea Kettle, we we believe long-term it is the right decision.
3: So Tea Kettle is the name of the new venture. Tell us a little bit about it.
5: So we're
4: premium, loose leaf tea, vegan, kosher, organic, uh, only the, the highest quality teas, and we offer a lot of accessory products for tea as well, but really the the core focus of the business is just having the absolute best quality, best-tasting teas uh, that are available.
3: And how many tea kettle locations will there be? How many employees do you plan to have, and when do you plan to open?
4: So we're going to start opening now, so we've got a couple stores open now, and uh, our total store count for this year uh, is right around, we've, we've confirmed 45, but we think it's going to be, quite a bit more for Christmas, so I think, you know, by the time Christmas rolls around, we should be at 60 to 70, and then in the new year, uh, we'd like to think we'll be over 100 stores, Uh, so right now, we've hired, you know, 250 to 300 people, and when all is said and done, we should be over 1,000 people.
3: That is such fantastic news, especially at this time. We hear so many stories about small businesses struggling or closing up shops for good. So, to hear something like this really is encouraging news.
4: Yeah, I mean, we think it's great. You know, I think it's uh, awesome that we can offer jobs for people who, who may have lost them, whether at David's or in other places. So, we're pretty excited about that. And, uh, you know, we think we're going to get some great support from our customers.
3: So being an entrepreneur, it's definitely not for the faint of heart. What advice do you have for those who are, you know, hoping to hang on to their businesses right now?
4: Yeah, I think it's really tough. I, you know, I would say definitely you need to be applying for every government subsidy and, and grant that you can get to help you. I think you obviously have to watch your, your costs and, and keep yourself as tight as possible, um, You know, I think obviously the government hasn't done a lot of these businesses a lot of favors, especially when you start looking at that Toronto, Peel, Ottawa region where it didn't seem like there was going to be a shutdown. All of a sudden there is, and it's an unfortunate thing because I'm sure a lot of these restaurants ordered food, which is now going to go bad. So I just think you have to be very, very cautious on everything that you're doing and just be very, very fiscally responsible and and hope that you can wait this out for when things turn for the better.
3: And where can our listeners learn more about Tea Kettle?
4: You can go to teakettle.com, and then, of course, we've got, you know, 45 stores. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and and list all the stores that we're opening.
3: That's terrific
1: news, Doug. Thank you so much for joining us. We wish you luck, and please keep in touch.
4: My pleasure. Thanks very
1: much. When we come back, the Salvation Army's 130th Annual Christmas Kettle Campaign, the need this year is greater than ever. This is The Feed on 105.9 The Region.
0: Do you have a story idea for The Feed? Call us at 416-335-1059 or email info at 1059theregion.com. Ann Romer and more of The Feed coming up. This is 105.9 The Region.
1: Welcome back. The Salvation Army has seen the level of need by Canadians skyrocket this year because of the pandemic. In fact, not since World War II has the need for help and support by so many been so great. The Salvation Army's 130th annual Christmas Kettle Campaign was launched earlier this week with a fundraising goal of a whopping $23 million. Major Rob Kerr is the Divisional Secretary, Public Relations, the Salvation Army Ontario Division, and he joins us now on the feed. Thank you for taking the time.
6: Hello, Anne. It's a pleasure to be here with you.
1: So, what are the new challenges facing Canadians right now because of the pandemic?
6: Well, I think there's there's a number of things. Obviously, there are people who are not working. Um, they're They're finding themselves out of work because of changes. We know that restaurants are not open. We know that retail outlets are struggling or have closed. So there's a lot of people who who are struggling to make ends meet who are trying to find new employment, but that might be in that interim position, and they need some help.
1: And is that where you step in, one of the many things that the Salvation Army does?
6: Yes, one of the the main focuses of the Kettle campaign is that it supports community-based programming. A lot of that programming is going to be in the form of uh, food bank support. So people who are facing food insecurity, if we can give them food so they can take their money and pay their rent and stay where they are for another month, that's, uh, you know, what we want to do. Uh, Assistance with clothing and toys. Very community-based uh, focus on the money that's raised through the kettles, and that's why it's so
4: important to us.
1: You know, there are so many other issues that Canadians are facing now, and maybe for the first time in their lives. You mentioned the financial aspect and delayed wages, but there's also health concerns and mental health. There are also issues like spousal abuse and child abuse that seem to be cropping up as a result of the pressure and the stress that people are feeling because of COVID-19.
6: Absolutely. And in a lot of our our centers, you know, as much as we are able to with safety protocols and uh, following all health guidelines, we do provide counseling. We provide a place for people to to come and get some emotional support, um, some direction. Um, allow them to have a place where they can talk to someone, receive some counseling. So, that, you know, we we provide that as well. And people are facing all kinds of things. It's not just financial. Mental health is a real challenge for a lot of people, Um, whether it's because their their daily routine has changed or ceases to exist at this point. Um, So there are incredible pressures on a lot of people, and and they're trying to work their way through this and hopefully try to find an end to it soon, which apparently – no, it doesn't seem to be coming as quickly as any of us would like.
1: You know, it is heartbreaking when I read and on your website and, and in the news and, and everywhere that families and individuals, they so many of them have fallen on hard times. They're having trouble finding food, finding shelter and other life essentials. Tell me how the Salvation Army can help families and individuals who are struggling with the basics of life.
6: Well, what I would say is find your nearest Salvation Army location, reach out to them. We, we are very local-based, very community-based. Find your local Salvation Army, reach out to them. We are, we are continuing and have continued throughout the entire pandemic to serve our communities. Uh, we, our food banks have remained open. We've had to find new ways to provide assistance to people, make sure our volunteers, our staff, and the people we serve are all safe through the process. But we've continued to serve, we continue to be there, and we want people to know that we are there for them so if they are if they're in need, if they're needing help don't hesitate to call the local Salvation Army in your community or or call one eight hundred Sal Army and there we can help you to find that location where you'll get get the assistance you need
1: The headline when your Christmas kettle campaign was launched earlier this week was that the need is greater than was even seen during World War II that that's that's shocking to me and that's so it's so sad and it's devastating but help is in the wings and most of that comes from you but the rest of it comes from those of us who need to be encouraged to support the Christmas kettle campaign how are you going to raise 23 million dollars
6: well that is a, that's a real challenge as we as we look across this country and we see that You know, the the iconic Christmas kettle will be out, will be in over 2,000 locations across Canada, but uh, people are not going out the way they were last year. We aren't going to see traffic in the malls as much as we have. So we are encouraging people, if you see a kettle, if you're out and you see a kettle, please donate, please help us out. But if you aren't able to do that, um, if you're you're not out, and we understand people are, are being directed to stay home. If you're talking about Toronto, We're being told stay home as much as possible. So if that's the case, um, I would suggest you go to fillthekettle.com. There you can donate online. You can help us out by hosting a kettle. Uh, Create your own virtual kettle and then get your friends and all your family and relatives to donate and raise some money together as a group effort. All of that money will stay in the community. It will go right back to the location where the donor lives with their own postal code and help that local salvation army so there's ways you can help but we need everybody's help it's going to be a hard year for many people we know that demand is up and we need people to help us by by donating in whatever way they can
1: and how did you come up with that fundraising goal the 23 million dollars which it in my recent memory i think is the largest goal you've ever set for yourselves
6: Mm-hmm. That goal really does come from the budgets of our, our local Salvation Army units across Canada. Um, every, local, every location has a budget on, that they create on what they will need to support the local community. So when we bring all those together, you know, we, we, we set a goal of $23 million because that's what we need to provide assistance to people in all 400 communities that the Salvation Army is located in and across Canada.
1: It has been said by the Salvation Army that in spite of the pandemic, uh, its devastating effects, you are determined to give Canadians in need some Christmas joy. What do you mean by that?
6: Well, we just want to make sure that in some way that we can let every Canadian that comes to us, uh, that that is in need of help, to understand that we care, that we are there, that uh, they're not alone. Um, many people are are feeling lonely. They're feeling like nobody else understands what they're going through, and the reality is we're all going through something right now. But uh, we want to make sure we give them a little bit of Christmas joy by saying, we we see you, we understand, and we want to help you in whatever way we can. So, yeah, we want to provide that Christmas joy and just say, uh, you know, none of us are in this um, on our own. None of us should be... Uh, feeling like nobody else understands, and please reach out to the Salvation Army. Let us help you. Let us uh, provide some
5: assistance in whatever way we can.
1: So often when people need help, there are wait lists and wait times. Is that the case with the Salvation Army? If someone is in desperate need of help, are you there for them immediately?
6: We will be there for them as quickly as we can. Obviously, uh, you know, with our protocols right now, a lot of places are, are are working by appointment so what I would suggest is please call the local Salvation Army tell them your situation tell them what's going on they will work in whatever way they can to assist you as quickly as possible within the within all of the guidelines the protocols the re- the restrictions that we're all working in these days
1: what are you seeing in the people that you're uh, meeting and helping? Do you see strength and courage? Do you see sadness and heartache? What are you seeing in the faces and the hearts of Canadians in trouble?
6: I think we're seeing a little bit of everything. Uh, for some people, um, it's their first time ever having to access a food bank or, or some kind of distance. And you can imagine um, that, that's, a, that's a real hard step for some people to take. Uh, feeling like they can't provide for their own family or or that, you know, they aren't in control of the situation. So there are people who come to us who, who have fought long and hard not to take that step, not to come for assistance, and they're struggling with that. Others, um, you know, are, are feeling lonely, like I said, and are coming to us and, and just enjoying having someone to talk to if that can happen. So people are coming to us, you know, with, all kinds of different emotions, all kinds of different places and experiences. And uh, it, it's, it's, it's not just a, a single demographic. This is, this is something that's impacting Canadians everywhere. And we're seeing people from all different types of circumstances coming to us for assistance.
1: Christmas is about children, about toys, about the joy of, of opening presents on Christmas Day. Will the Christmas Kettle Campaign encompass that as well?
6: Yes, we're, we're you know we're still doing toy drives. Um, we're still working with some great partners in, in doing toy drives, collecting toys, making sure that we're able to provide toys to people in different communities. Uh, it's very locally based, so different communities will have different um, looks to that and how they're doing it. But yes, the Salvation Army is still across the GTA uh providing toys providing uh to families who who need assistance in that way and making sure that uh on christmas morning that children will have a something to open something they can enjoy a gift or a present that uh, we hope will put a smile on their face
1: give to the kettle campaign if you see one in your neighborhood or in your shopping mall but again if you wish to donate online where do people go
6: Go to fillthekettle.com. That will allow them to directly contribute right to the Salvation Army's Christmas Kettle Campaign.
1: Hmm. Major Rob Kerr, the Salvation Army Ontario Division, thank you very much for joining us on the feed.
6: Thank you so much for your help and for everybody's interest in helping the Salvation Army.
1: After the break, retailers preparing for the holiday shopping season in the midst of a pandemic. This is the feed on 1059 The Region.
0: Follow us on Twitter at 105.9 The Region. Ann Romer and more of the feed after the break. This is 105.9 The Region.
1: Welcome back to The Feed. I'm Ann Romer. So we talk a lot about the mental health supports available online through this pandemic. A new survey, though, suggests that Canadians are not taking advantage of this kind of help. Tina Cortez with that story. Thanks, Anne. That survey's lead researcher and professor of nursing at UBC,
3: Emily Jenkins, joins us next. Professor, thank you for taking the time.
7: Thank you for having me.
3: So can you take us through the findings of this survey?
7: Mm -hmm. Uh, So this particular analysis draws on data from our national monitoring survey of the mental health impacts of the COVID-19 pandemic that's being conducted in partnership with the Canadian Mental Health Association. And specifically, we were looking at the use of online or virtual mental health resources. So those are um, resources such as web apps, online programs or tools, and websites that don't involve the direct contact uh, with a provider. Um, And what we found was that the overall use of such resources is staggeringly low. About 2% of the overall uh, population is accessing these resources. Um, And this only rises to about 2.8% among a subsample of participants who reported adverse mental health impacts. That was 65% of people um, within the context of the pandemic.
3: And why do you think that... Canadians are not accessing the resources available. Do you think it's age? Do you think it's one's comfort level with technology? Is it even maybe access to technology? Is that a factor?
7: Mm-hmm. Well, we, because of the, the results that we um, received in the first wave of our uh, monitoring survey, we added some additional questions to our Wave 2 uh, survey to explore just that. Uh, so why are people not accessing these resources um, and so we're in the very early stages of uh, looking at that particular data, but it appears that people um, many uh, don't just don't know of them um, so a good proportion of the of the population indicated that they Don't or didn't have any idea that these types of resources existed. Uh, Other issues that um, that we believe are impacting people are uh, privacy or confidentiality concerns, uh, the stigma around accessing mental health services for some, um, access to uh, a reliable uh, internet source, for example. Oh, sorry. Um, As well as just not being sure that uh, these types of resources would help their situation. And what exactly
3: are Canadians experiencing what type of mental health issues do you know?
7: Mhm uh, so we've seen overall um, that there's been a significant deterioration in um, people's self reported mental health since the onset of the pandemic, um, <clears throat> rising to about forty percent of the of the population um, People are struggling with, you know, their everyday life circumstances or stressors uh, or what we would call the social determinants of health. So things like job loss or job insecurity, economic challenges, um, lack of access to child care or schools. Um, For many people, they indicated that uh, they are having trouble um, having enough food or gaining enough food to uh, meet their household's daily needs. So um, certainly a lot going on um, for people on top of uh, worrying about uh, the virus itself um, and catching it or passing it along to others.
3: So maybe you can remind us, what exactly, what types of options are available to those who need the help?
7: Mm -hmm. So these online resources um, are available. They've received significant funding from um, the various governments across the country to make them uh, free uh, and available to people. Uh, This includes the Canadian Mental Health Association's Bounce Back Program, uh, which is a cognitive behavioral therapy-based program, online program that includes um, some coaching uh, and other supports for people. Um, I believe that as of today, it's now available nationally uh, to people. Uh, the federal government has also uh, created uh, Wellness Together Canada, um, so that's also available nationally to people who uh, might be interested in accessing it. Uh, and there's uh, a few others that are more um provincially oriented, uh, such as Mind Beacon, I believe, is in Ontario. Uh so those are those are some of them. Uh these types of resources are particularly appropriate for people with mild to moderate symptoms, um so experiencing some stress, anxiety, low mood, uh maybe some increase in anger, those types of things in the context of the pandemic. And um <clears throat> can be accessed uh from home on a computer or a, a tablet um, for people to get some of the support that's needed during a time when uh, perhaps face-to-face options aren't as accessible.
3: Well, we certainly have reason to be hopeful there is a, a vaccine or two on the horizon, but the pandemic is not and will not be over, likely for some time yet. And even then, there may be long-lasting mental health impacts, don't you think?
7: Yeah, um in fact uh, quite early on in the pandemic there was um there was a projection that uh, mental health could be considered the fourth wave of the pandemic responsible for um, the greatest health footprint and most enduring symptoms. And certainly from our research, uh, it's clear that people are struggling in terms of their mental health and experiences uh, such as, uh, you know, job loss and income insecurity um, and those types of things aren't just going to resolve themselves um, when a vaccine is found. So So we're really hoping that the government will continue to uh, invest in some of these um, social determinants or the underlying drivers of mental health challenge uh, during the pandemic and beyond.
3: If our listeners want more information or need some support, where can you direct them?
7: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they can access the Canadian Mental Health Association's website, which has a number of different uh, resources and tools and, um, and can provide uh, further information to direct people to other sources of information. Um, if people are, you know, experiencing a crisis, uh, then there's the National uh, Crisis Hotlines, um, and there's always um, presenting to an emergency department if, um, if required.
3: Professor Emily Jenkins from UBC, thank you for joining us on the feed.
7: Thanks for hap- having me.
1: The pandemic has also changed the way we shop. Afua Ba is next with how retailers are preparing for this year's crucial holiday shopping season.
8: A major retail holiday quickly approaching in Ontario with the Black Friday weekend. But things, of course, will be looking different because of the COVID-19 pandemic. But the retail industry still needs our help in order to weather this economic storm. So joining me to talk about how we can support the retail industry in a safe and responsible manner is Diem Brisebois, President and CEO of Retail Council Canada. Thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure. Thank you. Uh, All right, of course. So uh, the first major retail holiday coming up is Black Friday, but we're hearing that shopping is going to be a little bit different this year because of the pandemic. If you could just maybe break down the numbers a little bit, what that exactly means for shoppers this year.
5: Well, the biggest shift this year because of the pandemic, as you noted at the beginning, is that more and more consumers are shopping online. And for those who are shopping in-store, they're doing it much earlier this year than they have in the past, just to to ensure that they're not in long lineups and that they find the products they want. But I think the biggest thing is that shift to online shopping. That is big this year.
8: How will this affect businesses, though, that may not have an online presence?
5: Well, that's, that's an interesting question because the survey also showed that 90% of Canadians said that buying from a retailer in Canada and buying local was extremely important this year. And in fact, 83% also agree that buying items made in Canada is important. Uh, So when we ask um consumers if they would spend more time supporting their local merchants the number rocketed this year now that goes well the challenge is that if some businesses face restrictions and if we unfortunately have lockdowns that will be difficult for any retailer of any size that does not have an online presence so We're hoping we don't face that, and we're hoping our consumers support our main street merchants throughout the holiday season.
8: What are some tips to help shoppers, basically, Uh, maybe shop the smart way, especially to to help those local businesses right now that have been greatly impacted by the COVID-19 restrictions here in Ontario?
5: Exactly. So what we're encouraging consumers to do is to walk, to take a walk in their neighborhood, to look at the small merchants that are operating, to check what their hours of operations are, to also see if those merchants are providing, um, you know, shopping by appointment, if they have um, curbside pickup, and if they, you know, whatever... We can do to adjust our shopping to support those local merchants is going to be extremely important. And the tips are really, you know, I think the simple tip is take the time. We appreciate that people will shop online. Some people feel a bit pressured, but just taking the time to check the merchants in your neighborhood, look at the really cool products they have, and support them as much as you want, as you can is going to be key.
8: So Black Friday shopping trends, what are some of the products that Canadians usually gravitate towards every year? It
5: has changed a bit this year because many of us are or uh, living at home, working from home, studying at home. So we see that electronics are big, anything to do with decorating the home are are big items. Educational toys um, are also very popular. And yes, clothing, even though we may be at home and not driving to the office as much as we did, it still is very popular, books continue to be popular during uh, both Black Friday and the entire holiday season.
8: And I'm hearing, too, that, uh, you know, usually that that hustle and bustle of the, the shopping season can be quite stressful sometimes with the large crowds and maybe things selling out pretty quickly, but now that uh, holiday shopping is being done a little bit more earlier, might not be a lot of crowds, it might not be as stressful. Is the retail council seeing anything shifting towards that sort of situation or scenario?
5: Yes, in fact, uh, in uh, talking to consumers, We've noted that especially in the last couple weeks, they they have been more conscious about kind of planning earlier, doing their research online or on their mobile phone, and uh, figuring out their budget and being a bit better prepared. And so we have noticed that. And I think because they're conscious of the challenges that our merchants are facing because of the pandemic, there's, there's I think there's a bit more thought put into, for example, buying local or checking out who's in your neighborhood. But there's actually no question that, um, you know, a lot, and in fact, 52% said that it, um, that will be, in fact, less people, sorry, less people this year in the survey said that they think that the holiday shopping period will be stressful. So most people are looking at it in a more relaxed way and are thinking about, you know, how do I plan better so I can enjoy time with my family?
8: and also too this year has been quite uh, impactful on individuals we're seeing a trend about self-gifting if you can maybe yeah. just expand on that a little bit
5: yeah that's interesting because uh, and uh thank you for bringing that up it because of social distancing and because of people staying closer to home. Um, We've, you know, they're not traveling. At this time, during the holiday season, a lot of families take vacations, get away. So we've noticed that because they're not spending money there, and because they may be gifting just within their family circle, they, they are going to gift themselves. So, in fact, it's kind of rewarding themselves, making themselves feel better. So, uh, that really, really grew this year. And I, we think that that's an indication of, you know, feeling a bit isolated, needing, needing something to make you feel good. So, uh, we suspect that there'll be a lot more of that as we get closer to, uh, December 25th
8: okay so definitely as we approach the Black Friday season and of course Boxing Day season there's still plenty of shopping that can be done but of course in the safest of ways as possible uh, we've been driving this message to try early Uh, if you have maybe a final message to consumers to shoppers during this holiday shopping season what would it be
5: well it would be shop early shop safe You can go to the retailcouncil.org landing page for consumers. There are tips on keeping yourself safe, your information safe, how to understand which sites are safe or not. So it's really paying attention to those things. And also, most importantly, trying to find a way to support our local merchants in our communities. It's important for them, and it's important for our communities.
8: All right, short and sweet. Practical and safe shopping tips that everyone can follow. President and CEO of Retail Council Canada, Diem Brisbois. Thank you so much for your time today.
5: You're quite welcome. Thank you.
1: Pandemic or not, if you have little ones on your holiday shopping list, the toys are an absolute must. Galit Solomon with the top picks. David Farmer, welcome to the feed.
5: Thanks for having me.
9: You're with uh, Walmart, and this is a very exciting time of year for boys and girls as catalogs and lists of top toys come out. Uh, Walmart has released its list recently, and I have a 7-year-old boy, so I'm looking forward to learning a bit more about what toys made the list and why. Now, uh, online shopping has been around for some time, obviously, but we are anticipating that more and more people will be shopping online, as a result of, uh, of COVID, uh, what is your sense? Are you anticipating popular toys to sell out online faster uh, than in stores this year?
0: Well, I, you know, I think it's, um, it's a great question. Cause, uh, we, we are seeing a changing landscape uh, because of what's going on right now with COVID, and we wanted to make sure that, um, you know, customers have the ability to shop whatever the preference is, so whether it be in-store or whether it be online. We're definitely seeing a large trend towards people um, shopping online and getting that done early. So uh, we really feel like, you know, in order for us to be able to meet the needs of the customers, we've got to have both of our stores and, um, you know, our one's ready to. Uh, that demand is going to come up pretty shortly.
9: Right, and, and of course, COVID has had an impact on, on many of us. Times are tougher for families. Are you expecting an increase in sales for toys under $20 or, or really like in that um, lower price range? And are you expecting a change in sales as many families do enter a more difficult financial
0: time? Uh, you know, it's, it's a great question because we've been looking at the, the data for the last little while, and what we're noticing is that um, because people or families have not been able to travel as much, uh, this year, due to the the COVID situation um, mm. around the world, uh, people are spending a little bit more money on um, activities around the home. So, what we feel like is that we're going to see a little bit more being spent at Christmas time on um, kids and parents taking advantage of the opportunity where they would have maybe traveled before. They're going to take some of that money and, and invest it in their kids' uh, fun times and activities around the house to make sure that they're really taking advantage of the situation of, of being at home at Christmas.
9: Got it. Okay. And you mentioned the data that you collect. How is this data collected, and how do you find out which toys will be a hot commodity?
0: Well, it's a very secretive process. Uh, (laughs) uh, It's actually, um, you know, we we have a great team, an amazing team of buyers and and assistants that really spend a lot of time scouring. In a normal situation, we'd be at Toy fairs and vendor showrooms really trying to pick out Mm -hmm. the best toys um, and trying to find the things that we think would be most innovative. We have a lot of support from our vendor base telling us what they think the hottest trends are and what's going to happen. And, you know, there's always a bit of magic that goes into that final decision of what's going to happen. But, you know, it's really uh, almost a year-long process for us to really try to find the best toys that we think are going to reach the greatest number of uh, kids and and adults and everybody out there. Mm,
9: Tough job, I'll bet. (laughs)
0: uh are couple <laughs> jobs I think yeah right
9: okay so let's d- uh, delve into this uh this list and if you'd like we can break it down into um you know toys for for boys toys for girls and and if you know there is that unisex uh section as well we can touch on that as well so i'll uh, i'll let you have the floor and tell me about some of the uh the top toys for 2020
0: sure that's great really appreciate that uh you know we think that obviously um you know there are toys out there that you know fall into uh Two categories, so obviously they're, uh, you know, Boys are looking for specific items and girls are looking for specific items and and things that we think will really cross over into lots of different areas. So some of the top toys for 2020 include um, LOL Surprise and OMG Remix Fashion Dolls. So LOL and and, um, OMG have been super hot, and so uh, girls are really finding the collectability great there. Uh, Paw Patrol has been a super great brand for both boys and girls. Um, Their um, Paw Patrol Chase's 5-in-1 Ultimate Cruiser has been really strong, and we think that's going to be a great item. Uh, VTech kids Zoom uh, Creator Cam. Again, really a, um, a unisex item um, that can be delivered for both boys and girls. It can really take advantage of the opportunity to have fun exploring. Uh, Fisher Price Walk Bounce and Ride Pony, uh, a great um, toy for young girls, uh, or anybody who wants to participate on it as well. Uh, for Real Mama, Josie the Kangaroo, a lot of animal-based toys this year, a lot of um, opportunity to kind of look at um, toys that we might think are cute and collectible and things that the kids can have fun playing with. Um, Barbie color reveal slumber party fun dolls and accessories. It's been a really hot item right now. Is this, uh, opportunity to buy a Barbie doll and then you can kind of, uh, reveal its color, uh, once you buy it and take it out of the package, which has been kind of a sort of an unboxing type surprise, which has been really fun for the kids. Um, red and interact interactive pop and a lot of toys that, um, require interaction with, uh, with kids to have fun with it, play with it, do all kinds of different things. Um, and really what we're seeing too in, on, on some of the other. Of sort of unisex or non-gender toys is Super Mario Adventures with Super Mario, Starter course, and Lego. You know, boys and girls are really taking advantage of mm-hmm. a construction trade building things, having a lot of fun. And uh, Super Mario has been very, very... Um, very hot, you know, Nintendo coming out with new Switch games and things going on. We really feel that like the Lego piece is going to be, be really, really good. Um, Beyblades, which is a, a battling toy set, which has been very strong for the last mm-hmm. 12 months. We think that Beyblade and the battle set is going to be a real opportunity for boys to get back into their battling uh, opportunities throughout the Christmas season. Um, Ryan World Vending Surprise. You know, Ryan has done a great job in really bringing out lots of toys for those kids who are familiar with Ryan. Um, lots of different things to kind of keep their interest and curiosity with surprise eggs and things that they can open up all the time. So that's really been a great opportunity. And then we've really got some, um, some toys that we're focusing on under certain price points. We know that. Uh, parents also have you know they don't have unlimited funds and they want to spend their money on those things that they think they're going to get the best value for and so we've got a few different things like under $20 we have the five surprise mini brands and if you haven't seen those are really awesome they're basically all your favorite brands that are miniaturized into little for lack of a better word miniature versions of themselves and it's really cool to watch the kids and see what things they are going to get under $30 we have not enough surprise 201 fashion dolls again very collectible very fun for the kids um, what do you mean? Family edition? We know with technology, social media, memes are very, very popular, and so now you have the ability to, to create your own memes at home with your family, which is super fun. Again, taking advantage of that opportunity for your family to get together and spend time together. Um, LOL Surprise Remix, hair flip dolls, um, Grouch Couch, which is another great great game for the kids to play in, in putting things on the couch, and the Grouch Couch cut to kind of jump up and steal your stuff off the couch. So a lot of fun under $30, and um, under $40, we have some great items, too, like Coolmaker Go Glam Nail Salon. So for those who are interested in taking advantage of, you know, having fun at home and playing and beautifying themselves, this is a great item. Uh, Lego Friends Panda Jungle Treehouse, Lego, that construction free- uh, phase is really strong. The Batman Mission Playset, um, Batman has been a very strong property for us, and, and uh, with the movie being released uh, in 2022, we can opportunity for us to take advantage, and kids are always in, involved in being um, excited about Batman.
9: Good stuff. So, uh, you know, it's really interesting. Some years um, I, I noticed that, and I'm sure a lot of parents noticed that there are, you know, certain really, like, trending toys, um, and that's sort of the toy of the year, and Everyone scours these stores looking for them. Is there such a toy this year? Uh, and it could be that there isn't for a variety of reasons, but, uh, but I'm just wondering if there is. I'm 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 thinking back to like Furby, for instance, uh, and now I'm yeah. totally da- dating myself, but I'm just wondering if there, is, um, if there is such a toy this year in 2020.
0: Well, you know, it, it's a great question because, you know, we're always looking at whether or not there's going to be that one thing that really stands out above and beyond. So I, I would say... Uh, For now, LOL is very strong, that brand. There's lots of different Mm. things going on. But I would actually argue that um, we've got a great campaign coming out with Teddy, our new um, kind of spokesperson in Walmart um, media, and uh, it's a fantastic teddy bear. We think it's going to be super hot. You might remember him from last year, but uh, it's a a great item that we've got lots of opportunity for the customers to really get familiar with, and we think that that's going to be a really hot toy. Although it's more of a traditional toy, it's a plush bear, uh, it's a really fantastic item, and we think it's going to do really, really well.
9: You know, how has or has your marketing strategy changed at all for uh, these hot toys in light of COVID?
0: Um, you know, it's it's a really interesting question because so many things have changed because of COVID, and, and um, you know, we've got a great marketing team um, that have really done a fantastic job in trying to really make customers feel comfortable that, um, you know, whichever way they choose to shop, whether it be – uh, walmart.ca or in-store that they feel safe um, about um, the experience overall. So really spending a lot of time on focusing on, you know, the things that we're doing to clean the store and make sure that there's distance, uh, you know, physical distancing uh, when you're in the store and masks so that pe- people feel comfortable there, but at the same time also taking advantage of, um, you know, having walmart.ca available uh, with all their needs as well if they choose to, to shop from their home. So I think the marketing team uh, in my perspective has really done a great job in trying to, To not focus on one or the other, but give customers that ability to say, whichever way I choose to shop, we want you to make sure that that, that we um, have provided to you the best opportunity in in either uh, channel to to do what you want to do and feel safe about it in, in this environment.
9: Okay, very good. David, you've given me a lot of ideas um, for not only my son's toys, but some of my nieces and nephews as well, so I thank you so much. Uh, I'm sure the parents who are listening as well are, are a little inspired by, uh, by what you've shared. Thank you so much for your time, and thanks for joining the feed today.
0: Thanks very much for having us. really appreciate it.
1: If you missed any part of our show, please go to 1059theregion.com or follow us on Twitter at 1059theregion. I'm Ann Romer. Thank you for listening.